Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hello, ladies. Hello, ladies. We're in a joyful and jolly mood. We're in our safe space. We're amongst friends. It's the end of the year. The end of the year. It's Christmas. What even is the date um, that this comes out? It comes out on Christmas Eve. Oh, a festive and jolly time. I'm glad we feel so. Um, we both are on the opposite sides of the world yet again, but we're both feeling jolly and festive. Grace has a huge glass of red wine in her hand and I have... The equivalent, which is an almond croissant and an oat milk flat white. And then for my second coffee, an Americano with a dash of hot oat milk, as we love to oh, do. Oat flat white. You're just going full in, baby. Your back, Oatly's big, big oat has got you by the balls. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. My mum was like educating my grandma on um, oat milk yesterday. And I was like, mum, it's not, it's not as good as it sounds. I'm sorry. I was like, do you drink the barista stuff? And she was like, yeah. Yes, because it tastes like liquid crack. Of course she does. (laughs) I always remember being in Berlin with like my like ketamine gay friends and one of their partners was just like talking to me. Yeah. And we were all fucked. (laughs) And he was like, I was thinking my grandma had dementia and he was like, my grandma had dementia. And then I made her cut out all gluten and now she doesn't have dementia anymore. And I was like, oh my God. I'm going to try that. It can't have been true. That can't have been true. You can't cut out gluten and reverse <laughs> I'm going to do it today. At the time, see, I was like, wow. See how it goes. Um, I'm, yeah, in New Zealand, Aotearoa. It's so nice to be home um, for my sister's wedding. Special. Shittiest weather ever. It's been like, I mean, obviously, it's not freezing, which is nice, but... I'd packed all these silly little shorts and singlets and thought I'm going to have a hot girl summer and it's been pouring with rain the entire time. So on the wedding day, there was like torrential rain and storms forecast mm. and it was supposed to be outdoor and they, they were in such good spirits. I was like, you two are... Oh, to be young again. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Literally. I was like, why are you guys so relaxed? My sister's so fucking funny. She was like, we had... um a sleepover, a cute little sleepover with her bridesmaids. I was like the fucking 
retired old maid between these like three 21 year olds <laughs> wait i had to tell you a story about that in a sec you remind me and then my sister like nahiwi was just like <laughs> she's so funny she was like lying in bed and she was like yeah you know i i mean i don't even like oh no she was like would you want to get married and i was like i don't know like i'm not against it but i'm not like crazy thinking about it all the time but i would you know love a day all about me with a pretty dress on and then <laughs> and then Nahiwi was like yeah I mean I don't really care about getting married eh and I was like okay this is the night before her wedding and then she was like I don't even like she was like I don't even really like my dress that much and I was like what sorry what and she was just like she was like you know I just went to the shop and everyone said that was the one that looked nice and I just thought I'm probably not going to love any dresses in this shop so if everyone else thinks it looks nice and I was like about to shake her and be like, what are you getting married for? And then I realized, but she doesn't, it's not even heartbreaking for her. She's like, she was like saying it in this like completely non-emotional, factual way. Everyone should, everyone should get married at like 21 and get divorced and get married again at like 31. That should be the law. Because when you're 21, you fully believe in love in that like way that she would. That's very idealized, romantic, rom-com movie love. And then when you Mm -hmm. get into your 30s, you have like, a different perspective of like shared values, like someone you can rely on best, like a, just a different kind of love, which is more important and more what a marriage should be based on. Not saying that Nahiwi doesn't have this, but I'm like, you should have a silly pea brain wedding when you're 20 and it should not count. It should expire yes. at 30. And if you want to renew it, you can. <laughs> I know. But what's really funny about this is I'm like, I'm like, I don't know. I was just, I, I, love her partner so much and I and I believe that they're like obviously they're they're so in love and they're so good for each other and they really work in this crazy way that you know how like when people have just been together since they were 15 and you can't understand it and you're like how did you guys find each other it feels like that and it was like really cute at the wedding because that's how everyone was speaking they were just like you guys are made for each other and they and even in their wedding vows which I was like crying they were just saying um they're so lucky to have found each other so young which is so sweet um, but at the same time, yeah, I was just like, uh, yeah, I was like, I can't believe they're getting married so young. But then also all the things I care about for a wedding, which is all quite superficial, they just don't give a shit about. But I couldn't work out what they did care about. It was really funny. I was like, do you care about like the photos? Do you care about like I was trying, I was tr- I was just like, what should I be focused on here? You just don't know when you're younger, I think. I think you're just very like sweet and ideal. You know what I mean? It's all just very ah, oh, what do we do? Like, it's so nice. Yeah. And we get, like, older and we we you become aware of the things. I think that's the problem. True, yeah. It's like we've passed – we've, like, we're through the looking glass and now we've passed the point of no return and we just know what, like, a chic chair is. Yes. And now we can't unsee it so we can't have, like, a plastic chair. Not, yeah, you know what I mean? Or even, like, even just, like, being home has been really quaint and cute because it's that thing of, like, until you leave your small town – or until you leave, like, New Zealand, that's, like, what you know and that's what you're happy with and that's, like, such a beautiful thing in its own right. Like, just being, mm. like, content and happy with what you've got and not being, like, I don't know. Now we live in London. I just – it's that thing of, like, I'm going out for Italian with my friends in Wellington and they were booking the restaurant and then they were just, like, it's really, really good and then they caveated it by being, like, but obviously not as good as Italy. Like, you've just been to Italy. It's not as good as Italy. And it's mm. just, like – you know, it's like it doesn't – it's all relative. If there's, like, a lovely Italian restaurant in Wellington, it's going to be delicious. It doesn't matter that you've been to Italy. But then I feel like once you open your mind too wide to the likes of 
expensive Italian furniture and like shit like that. You just <laughs> and I reckon honestly, I think like ninety percent of the time, like the joke. You remember that tweet that was like trying to be cool in New York is a mental illness. I think about that all the time, where I'm like. The joke is literally on us. The joke is on, like, idiots that mm-hmm. spend hundreds and hundreds of dollars on, like, dumb – like, I was thinking about those The Row Fisherman shoes the other day, and I was like, the joke is on <laughs> morons who spend about. literally $1,000 on a pair of f- ugly fisherman's shoes. Like, I was going to buy like, them. Like, Gorman. Same, of course. Yeah. <laughs> like, we are the joke that the joke is on. Like, we are the problem. You know what I mean? And I'm like, just all Same. the dumb shit we do is – is stupid and people that are just contented with their lives and like own property and <laughs> yeah are sensible are the ones that are actually yeah. thriving everyone um sent us this stupid meme the other day that was like i deserve a little treat says woman who will never own a property or retire <laughs> i was like literally yes. me we're gonna be doing awd till we're fucking 95 like <laughs> the, the, the fucking golden girls <laughs> try and pay rent <laughs> <laughs> on like some four bedroom home in Notting Hill because we never realized that like we should go elsewhere to be able to I'll buy. have like a, like three Birkins and nowhere to live. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> we'll still be selling trying to sell Jada socks. Everyone will be like, we're dead. <laughs> have no more fans. Everyone's like living in like the metaverse. We're like, <laughs> Everyone will be like, we're dead. We'll be selling, we'll be um creating AI like generated merch for the metaverse we'll have like a shop in the metaverse girly socks in the metaverse we'll just be like alone every day trying to sell our wares there <laughs> saying i had a podcast in 2020 <laughs> um, in the podcast heyday yeah uh, so i don't even know where the future. fuck i was going with it but yeah it's been it's been really lovely being home apart from yeah the torrential rain so in the ceremony it it was like bucketing down was it outside yeah so they they were basically trying to decide whether to call it or not and whether to put it inside but inside was just way more shit and outside was with these beautiful it was like you would just think like late like middle of december in new zealand would be extremely fine as well yeah i mean auckland's always kind of temperamental but like this this is crazy and then there was a break in the rain and so we all boosted down the aisle like just running Mm. basically and then stood and then (laughs) molly got through her vows and then nahi we started saying her vows and i was like this is so (laughs) classic and it started pissing with rain so nahi was trying to be like all sentimental about how much she loves molly and then and molly's just like cracking up laughing because it's raining so much and i was like pass me a brolly um and yeah anyway it was like a fun it was a fun cute night um i volunteered to sober drive so i was like sober on the dance floor dipping it low there was that good music there was a dj called dj mike that me and my boyfriend kept pretending we were going to murder so that he could take over yeah and he kept playing things like, for example, he played Shania Twain, Man, I Feel Like a Woman. And then Nahiwi looks yeah. at me and goes, oh, can't he play something that I know? I was like, oh, my <laughs> oh God. Oh, my God. How I was like, oh, we? my God. I'm like, that's a young woman's gig. I was like, man, I feel like a woman. And Nahiwi turned around and was just like, what the fuck is this shit? That is um, and then so she went over scary. and was like, play something I know. And then apparently he was like, this is for the old, like one for the oldies. I was like, fuck off, Mike, honestly. I just kind of, I literally, my brain didn't absorb you just saying that sentence. I'm just not going to, I'm not going to acknowledge it. It's not my reality. No, and then they were playing songs that they know, and obviously we had no idea what they were. Um, t- wait, tell me the story you were going to tell me about being an old maid with 21-year-olds. 
Oh, yeah. When, um, so we got like a gorgeous, gorgeous girl, a, a friend of Izzy's, a friend of Izzy's friend, but a friend of Izzy's to a uni student to help us um, pack the unholy amounts of merch that we needed to post <laughs> like a couple of weeks ago. And when I went to pick up the stuff from her house, she, she was such a sweetheart and she was just like, oh my God, at like um, Sana's hens where she met you. She was like, oh my God, I just can't believe this. I'm surrounded by all these like chic older women. <laughs> I was like, pardon? <laughs> I like threw her against a wall. No, it was so cute. She was like, woman. they're in their early 30s and they're just thriving and amazing. And I was like, God. That's no, the other day like this, happened, we are this, happened, now. this happened to me too. I was in the bathroom. It was about you. I wasn't there. I, I know. <laughs> You're like, I'm not, I'm not the chic older woman. Um, no, but this I'm happened to the older day. woman. I like caught a glimpse of myself in the bathroom mirror and then I go, no. oh my God. And what popped into my brain was how old we are now obviously you're younger than me you're still in your fucking 20s what's it like barely barely hanging on literally (laughs) holding on for dear life and um, (laughs) i'm clawing along the wall (laughs) i remember getting 27 and thinking fuck it's all downhill from here but um it's true yeah i like caught myself in the mirror and then i go oh my god and i thought i remember listening obviously i'm not comparing Obviously, disclaimer, I'm not comparing us to them, but I remember listening to Dolly and Pandora like Mm. when I was in my mid-20s and they would have been in their late 20s, early 30s Mm. and thinking that they were these old, wise women that I was like excited to get to their age. And then I go, oh, my God, that's us. Yeah, and we don't know anything. It's terrifying. I said the other day, I was walking down the street and I was like, Zach, I can't believe we're about to turn 30. And he was like, yeah. And I was like, I literally, I can't believe it. I can't believe it. I can't believe it. I just kept saying it. And he was like, this is boring. (laughs) But I can't. When I think back to what the, this is what's terrifying about life. Life just zooms past you. Yep. Well, yeah. I was playing Articulate with 21-year-olds at the bridal party and didn't know any answers. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, fucking hell. I've never played that before. It's really fun. Is it like Wordle? Not Wordle. What's the other no, one? No, it's like spelling bee. <laughs> Stop guessing. It's like there's a board <laughs> and you have cards and you have to be in a team. And then there's a little timer. Mm. And when it's your team's turn, one of you sees sees like whatever. It could be horse. And you can't say – you can speak, but you can't say the word horse. But you have to get them to guess what it is. Mm. And then you have to go through as many as you can. In the yeah. timer, which is like I have 30 seconds. That's quite fun. This. Yeah. No, he would keep being where's, like, stop screaming. Because <laughs> I kept screaming. I was like, ah! <laughs> um, so, yeah. uh, okay, so we've got a little treat for you, gals, guys and gals. Um, sent in a lot of questions, actually. We couldn't answer them all. So we picked out our favorites, but no shade to anyone who didn't get answered. We just wanted a nice mix. Mm-hmm. Okay, so yes. Are we going to play? Yes. <laughs> Do you want to play it? Do you have it? Yeah, I have it. Wait, it's question. Are we going to start with question three? Oh, yeah. Or oh, no. Should we do question three at the end? I don't know. What do at the end, yeah, I agree. I thought you wanted to do it at the start, but I agree. No. Do it further down. No, no, we'll no. end with it. You can cut that in. <laughs> no, I feel like okay. leave it, Em. It's a special tr- – it's a special <laughs> – a suspense. We'll leave suspense. you in suspense. Okay, question one then. Yeah. I'm coming to you for some life advice. I've had like a almost like an early midlife crisis, 
I recently quit my job, um, stupid finance job here in London, and I'm set to travel the world, or at least Central and South America, come January. I don't know how long I'm going to be away for, but all I know is that I need to get out of here for a bit. I'm so keen to um, change my career path, and one of the things I'm really, really interested in is writing. I don't have any experience writing, but I I want to learn, and I was hoping maybe if you guys have any tips and tricks for someone like me who's got a lot of time on my hands going forward, um, you know how to start learning that skill and how to you know eventually master the skill of, of writing. Any tips would be much appreciated. Love you. A gorgeous girl. Where is that accent from? It's so chic. I know she's so she has the most chic accent. I love her. Gorgeous. Um Okay, how to okay. be a writer. How to be a writer. I also love that she's taking off to Central and South America. I know she's cooler than us, yeah. I don't know. I feel like my advice is like you don't need to be I don't think you need to be professionally taught writing at all. I think 100%. of it as it, Yeah, I think of it as being something that you can teach yourself something it's like a, it's like an art and a skill that you can just you just get better with time like the more you do it um something that i listened to another person i would really recommend um listening to watching their masterclass is roxanne gay she did like this a really incredible mm. thing on how to be a writer and i and i wrote all these um notes down from it but basically she one of her tips which i <laughs> obviously don't follow but want to is just to write every day um, and just treat it as something that treat it as like what is it something you're something that you're practicing to get better at like an instrument or whatever and then mm. also just reading a lot and reading writers you really like yeah and you really literally focusing this, the time on that this took me too long to realize like you literally can't be a good writer if you don't read yeah <laughs> like I, I feel like the first five six years of my career I just didn't read anything <laughs> and then as soon as I started actively reading like um even like the New Yorker or New York Times the stuff that initially my brain would switch off and I'd be really fatigued and I'd get bored by it and I'd get overwhelmed by the length of it like you'd be shocked how quickly you can get adjusted to reading longer form stuff and mm. the difference it makes even if like before I'm writing a piece I will try and find tabs with like three or four pieces that I think are well-written that are in a similar vein to what I'm writing about. I just find it like somehow gets in my brain and makes my writing better. Um, yeah, fully. For that piece. But if you're starting off, I think it's like it can be overwhelming thinking about how, like what you want to write about, how you want to write. Like there's so many options. If you want to be like a journalist, I would, I think it pays if you're if you don't come from a journalism background if you're not coming from uni and you're trying to break into the industry i think niching down and you can change later but really thinking about like what area you would want to write in or about obsessively reading over that getting to know that industry and then writing a few pieces and like yeah just like izzy said with the roxanne gay thing like every single day put time into finessing it and coming up with a bit of a game plan plan i think there's like a difference between just learning to write because it's a thing that you'd like to do and 
being like, I want to become a writer as a job for which I'd say, think about where exactly you want to sit and then get a really good sense of that industry and then get a sense of like who the people are working at the places that you'd want to write and then find out their email addresses and then build up like a portfolio of some pieces that you've written um, and even self-publish or find like smaller blogs or something, things that you think are really strong and then present them and just keep like cold emailing until someone gets back to you. <laughs> and don't be like, like I have this tendency to, to, to freak out and to like try and fire. And I know that like men, you've spoken about this a lot, this tendency to really like stress and fire out emails and think like the more you're pitching or the more people you're like, mm. or the more ideas you're sending, the better. And I really think it's the opposite. And it's like really not, it's like not freaking out, not finding an editor's email address and thinking you have to send them something that afternoon or you have to email them to say hello or you have to get in their face right now because it's just completely not the case. And instead sitting back and really, really thinking, coming up with something that you feel really passionately about. And like, um, I just picked, I just realized that I'd written down, I found the notes that I wrote when Roxanne Gay, when I watched her masterclass. And she said, like, think about, before beginning a story, think about its purpose. What do you want to accomplish and what do you want to leave the reader with? Think about your tone, find examples of that. What is the why of this piece? And like, why do you want to write it? What is your real purpose here? And I think examining Mm. that, a lot of the time is like really important because you can get especially with social media you can get so confused about like doing things for the wrong reasons or like wanting to kind of do stuff just because so that other people can see that you're doing it or whatever and I think that like I always think back to when I used to try and when at primary school I was we were trying to graduate from writing in pencil to writing in pen Mm -hmm. and I kept copying this girl Natalie's writing because she had such beautiful writing and she was she'd graduated to pen and I was like I just want to write like Natalie or whatever then eventually I was just like, oh my God, I like, and just wrote how I should have been writing. And the teacher was like, yes, and graduated me to pen. And like, oh. I always, I just think about that. I just think about that all the time with like, just really going back to like why, what you actually care about and what your actual mm-hmm. real style is. And like, yeah, as you say, Grace, it can be so overwhelming about where to start. Um, and the stuff that I'm reading out probably sounds maybe too, large if you're like just thinking about writing right now but I honestly think starting with like yeah finding writers you like reading the publications like looking through a whole bunch of different publications and being like why do I like this one what am I drawn to is it like the tone of the writers is it that it has humor in it is it the topics they're covering is it the people do I like that I've realized ages ago that I really love interviewing people like I love writing profiles and then every time I write a profile I was saying this to you the other day Grace that I wrote a profile of this girl who's like this really cute up and coming Australian actress, but no one, no one major or anything like that. And it was like, I really just enjoyed doing that more than I enjoyed a whole bunch of other stories recently. And it reminded me that that's something that I really like doing. And, it, and it's just like writing down and even just like writing down that stuff. So you remember, because it can be so easy to just be like, oh, I like writing profiles and I like reading these places and then just completely forget I think that is such good advice like I think that is I actually wish someone had said that to me forever ago (laughs) when I started my career because I think I think when you like this is a bit more of a philosophical discussion but I feel like the biggest takeaway I've had in the last couple of years is learning to like recognize my intuition and to know when I like something because I actually just like it and knowing when I'm thinking I like something because I think I'm supposed to like it or I think other people will think it's cool that I like it or I think that whatever, whatever. 
like external Mm -hmm. factors. Um, And I think that's definitely extended to like work and writing. And this idea of, for example, I think a great example in the journalism field and something I'm like quite passionate about is all these young women. I don't think we've ever talked about this, but like all these young women who are really pushed into writing these extremely overly vulnerable, oversharey trauma porn, like, like on the full spectrum of like traumatic things that have happened to them through to like, I always remember this women's media site, um, where I went on the homepage and it was a selfie of a girl who was like, I don't know, 20. And it was like, the headline was like, I sugared my pubes off and here's what happened. And it was like a picture of the sugar with the pubes on it or something. And I was like, this girl is a fucking 20 year old intern that has been told she needs to do this to get a byline on a website. Like she is going to look back on this and be mortified. No Mm -hmm. senior editors would write this. It's such a trend in women's media to like push people into just writing shit to get engagement online and I think about I feel really cringy about things I've written in the past that are really like earnestly op-eddy and like oversharing things about myself and getting on my soapbox and telling people shit and it's like there's a reason everyone doing that is 23 (laughs) yes and it's because they have no context of like I don't know and I think that's if that's what you really really love doing I think that's fantastic but I think that I was so driven for a long time about like getting social media engagement or what my bosses would tell me was a great thing or what got like online traffic or something. And I wish I'd had more of a sense of like, this is who I am. This is what I write like writing about. A lot of the time that's going to be quiet and not splashy and not big, but it makes me feel nice at the end of the day. (laughs) Yes. And also like the reason they're pushing you to write those stories is because it's like you something unique to you or whatever or or like not even them pushing you like you're volunteering I was volunteering that stuff myself because I wanted to Mm. get bylines but um like even just like I don't know writing about like when my ex-boyfriend died in a car crash like Mm -hmm. things like that and like I remember my boss was or like they'll push yeah I remember one of my old bosses was like pushing me and pushing me to like (laughs) this is gonna sound so random but like to keep contacting Jacinda Ardern because I mm-hmm. know her personally through her partner, like just keep contacting her, keep contacting her for a story. And I was like, wait, how much am I going to like jeopardize my own personal relationship with this woman mm. for like your gains? Or like I might get a byline, but like what is that really worth? And I think as we were saying just before, it's like if you're if you're sitting back and like not worried about rushing and not thinking you're running out of time because you're really not like we we always think Mm. about this now like the best work we're reading like the the authors whose books are actually really good are like in their mid 40s like late 40s 50s 60s people are doing their best work then Mm -hmm. and it makes so much more sense to sit back and really hone an idea quietly and not think about Mm -hmm. like the storm of social media and having to post and I always have to remind myself of this because I always feel like when I haven't posted that I've done a story recently or I haven't been like, this is what's happening. Like I'm, I've written this or I've done this that like people think I'm doing nothing. But then <laughs> my boyfriend's like the such a perfect person for this because he's always just like, wouldn't you rather like quietly work on something for six months time? And like, I don't know, even just taking out the, it shouldn't even be about like showing what you're mm. doing at all. Mm-hmm. But he's just like, if it is about that, wouldn't it be so much nicer to like quietly fucking write a book for a year <laughs> and not, post mm-hmm. anything about it not talk about it just hone in on your craft and like be and publish something you're really proud of instead of like writing a fucking really quick dazed piece because you want to like still be on that site like it just it's it's like what in the long run is going to make you feel 
happier. And it's so hard in this day and age because A, writers are paid fucking nothing, to be very honest with this gorgeous listener. Getting paid a living as a writer is very, very difficult because you get paid diddly. Especially for the stories you like. (laughs) Especially for the stories you like. And, yeah, it's like what's valued is being – and I'm just saying this to be realistic about it, to not like set up like – false expectations what's valued is being able to pitch something that taps into like literally a tiktok trend a culture like that's what i'm thinking about pitching which is why i think i barely do it now Mm -hmm. i'm like okay i have to trawl through tiktok and find this like niche micro trend that no one else has written about and hope that like blah 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 blah. and it's never ever like literally never me thinking about what is something i would love to write about or a person maybe once in a 20 things it's like I really love this designer and would love to speak to them or I really love whatever 99% of the time it's just like how do I come up with a pitch that is news hooky that an editor will be able to tell their editor that will justify a freelance budget and blah 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 and it's not on the basis of the quality of your work that's the thing I find hardest about being freelance I'm just like you're not as a rule there's some exceptions you're not rewarded for how good your writing is you're rewarded for how like buzzy and culturally (laughs) tapped in the angle is yeah and I will now come up with that like I'll be like Mm -hmm. I'll see something no one's written about and I'll just be like oh that's a story and then I'll be like but do I even want to write that and often the answer Mm -hmm. is no and so I just won't pitch it Mm -hmm. I'm just like no one has written about this this is this is a thing that I've been talking to people about um yes they'll probably pick it up but do I want to spend my time and energy writing or like even just like where you put your energy in terms of like saying yes to projects. It's oftentimes like now I'll say no to work quite often because I realize that it's like not something that's like, it's just like, what are you going to time and time is money is time. What is it? Time is money. Mm -hmm. Time Time is is money. money, So it's like, I could be getting paid whatever for this piece, but at the same time, it's like, that's taking out, brain space for thinking about stuff that I'm actually really passionate about and really care about. So there's also that. Um, But yeah, don't know. I hope we helped. (laughs) I know. I feel like a lot of that was just us getting stuff off our chest. But no, I think it's actually, I think it, I hope that is helpful to set the scene of like what it actually means to have a writing career. And I think thinking about quite hard before you go into it about, do I like the idea of writing as a thing that I do in my time that is really special and important to me and I work on and it's like a craft that I I do that's separate to work or do I want it to be my like work and if you want it to be your work that means a lot of like sacrificing trade-offs your like artistic impulse for doing stuff for cash you know what I mean it's like you're blurring these lines so it's a completely different thing to kind of pursue being a writer doggedly which you absolutely can do. It's just, it is hard. <laughs> I have more Roxanne Gay tips. Yes. Um, she said, tips for coming up with ideas. What is interesting, similar to what you're saying, Grace, what are people talking about? What haven't they considered? And reading diversely. Tips for writing. Do your research first. Start by writing from the personal because you ground the piece and why you're invested in the topic you're writing about and you make clear what's at stake for you. Start narrow and then go wide or the other way around to create a sense of universality. Don't limit yourself and don't edit as you go. Just get it all out. It's easier to sculpt from a lot of material. Pour it all out, which I 
really agree with. I just write and write and write and write and then read back mm-hmm. and cut. As you were saying, Grace, your first instincts tend to be your strongest. What is the best, What is the most authentic expression of your voice? And go from there and start with a provocative idea. Every idea is connected in some way to what I'm trying to do with the overall piece, how you bring these ideas together, which is really satisfying both as a reader and a writer. I don't know if that made Love sense. It. That was just my notes from live listening. Great. Okay. Fantastic. Okay, next, next question. Number two. Yeah. Yeah. Hello, girlies. Little pea brain from Melbourne calling in here. So I've got a bit of a crush on someone that I work with. And I work at a cinema, actually, so I'm not like Grace used to. And I don't really know if, I, if it's worth pursuing the crush or not because I've worked at the cinema for quite a while and I really love my job there and I'm like still wrapping up uni, so I'll be there for, I think, at least another year or two. And I don't know if it's worth sacrificing, like, being awkward at work for this crush. Um, But at the same time, I'm like, I'm single, I'm keen to date, so maybe I should just go for it. I have no idea. I'd love any advice. Thank you. Ciao. (laughs) Ciao. Thank you. Ciao. Ciao. Hmm. Um, I feel like, Grace, you're pretty... You're pretty yeah, like I'm primed and ready for this this discussion. Okay, I'm gonna start by telling you my two stories. I worked at three different movie theaters when I was in high school and uni, and in two of the three, I fell madly in love with a coworker. <laughs> um, very recklessly and flagrantly dated them both, or like hooked up with, like dated one, didn't really date the other. But it ended in total disaster and I had to move jobs for both and I would not <laughs> I would not change it at all. That is what being young is all about. There is your whole life to be sensible and make sensible decisions. Being in uni, working your part-time job at a cinema is just not the time, is my advice. Yes, love. If you have to go get a job at another cinema, there's a four billion other cinemas. There's the Wild Bean Cafe. There's pa- like go, yes. you'll get another job act on it me and my old crush hooked up in the ben and jerry's freezer (laughs) (laughs) yes i've had i've had a few too many hookups in the where the beer kegs are at the pub in the freezer sexy there was Mm. a guy who i used to work with called joe and he was actually hot but he looked like he looked kind of like leonardo dicaprio so i found him really sleazy Mm -hmm. and when and he took me up to the projection room and was, like, showing me around all the projectors and trying to, like, get behind me and, like, touch me. And I was like, get off. Um, Ooh, gross. And all the girls liked him at work. And I was like, no. I was in love with a short, a short balding projectionist <laughs> who didn't like <laughs> me back. <laughs> a short king, the first of. A short king. Yeah, no, I completely agree with your advice. Unless the – I mean – the unless only, he's yeah. like a no. naughty boy, yeah. Well, I was gonna say, even like, then, who get who? who yeah, I was gonna much? say, unless he has a girlfriend, and then I was like, I've literally done that. So, and you, <laughs> you live and you learn. No, I just said, oh. I was gonna say, unless he has a girlfriend, because um, yeah. of that time even that I then. hooked up with the bartender who had a girlfriend, and she threw water <laughs> at my face. <laughs> <laughs> but you live and you learn. You, you've got to do it. Um, I even if you I have agree. heartbreak, yeah. Even if you have heartbreak, they're beautiful stories. So, like when I was my first my first movie theater love story oh my god he was so beautiful I feel like if, I just want to like show people a picture of him so so they get it he was like explained beyond. 
He was just I know I never ever have dated and never have liked like blonde blue blue haired guys. Mm. This guy was just like I don't know. He was just so he was just gorgeous, 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 gorgeous. Never ever in a million years thought he'd like me ever. And then we went to the Lansdowne, <laughs> which is this pub in Sydney, and we were like, the story is so funny. I was wearing overalls over stop mustard wait tights. long long short wait. overalls over mustard tights and a brogue how i got laid is like <laughs> my Porsche. my Porsche. What, what did you era. have on top did you have like a t-shirt underneath or just just the overalls i must have i think i had a little a little tea mm. it was not a good era and then we were out after work one night and we were dancing at the land playing pool at the lansdown this is when the lansdown was disgusting um, and we just looked and there was a giant um, dildo on the ground just out of nowhere in this pub. Oh, my God. So, like, having a laugh, got really drunk, <laughs> walked up to Glebe from the Lansdowne to Glebe, like, pier where the Glebe water is. The water is literally like a bog swamp. It's disgusting. I probably got, like, tinnitus and about eight other things. And I was being a manic pixie dream girl. <laughs> And I was like, <laughs> you, yes, you would have been like, you would have been like aware and like attempting to be a manic pixie dream girl. Yes. And I was like, I'm going to swim in the water at like midnight and like stripped off and like went into this horrible swamp. And then he was like, oh, the things we do for sex and just followed me in. <laughs> and we, oh. I know it was gross. We didn't have sex in the swamp. We just had a little kiss under the moonlight. And I was like, this is so romantic. We're going to get married. And then. We dated for like <laughs> two months. I was like oh wild, 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 wild. You're like Chandler boy. Bing when he dated Julia Roberts. This was my Julia Roberts, literally. <laughs> and then he went to Europe and he kind of suddenly kind of ghosted me. Except we worked together at Hoyt's, Hoyt's Broadway. <laughs> And um, and it was so funny because I was, like, devastated. But then we'd, like, have to go into Ben and Jerry's and put, like, the hat and the aprons on together and, like, work next to each other um, while he was ghosting me. A similar thing happened to me when I got ghosted by this boy that I went to high school. So, wait, in Hawke's Bay, which is where I happen to be right now, um, mm. <laughs> trip down memory lane. I yes. this boy called Sean. He was a twin. You know how twins were just always like very Why cool you, at school. No, Izzy, I've met no twins in like literally my <laughs> whole life, and you've dated like seven. I don't understand the statistical. I know like, amount of twins that you've come into contact with is impossible. It's fucked up, right? <laughs> I, I like okay. I even forgot about him when I think of the twins I've dated. <laughs> yeah. So I dated identical. So wait, my first boyfriend James was an identical twin. With his brother Matt Insane. in Hawke's Bay. Then I went to Scotland and dated Joe, the like filthy man who tried to connect with me on LinkedIn like relatively recently. And he mm. was an identical twin too. And then, <laughs> wait, what else? Oh, no, I forgot the triplets. <laughs> and I dated stop, a triplet. An identical tri- I'm not even joking. I dated an identical triplet right after my identical twin. And then these guys... <laughs> That's crazy. Izzy, that's literally never happened to one person in the history of the human race. I need to write a book about it. And then (laughs) my my time with the twins. And then um, I could probably do a study on, like, twin behaviors. They're all fuck fuck boys. That's what I'd say. 
Se- so like so like the butter chicken pie stoner. Did you ever have a crush on the other twin? Did you ever? Yes. yes. Yeah. Of course. Be confusing. Because the, yeah, the so James the first was yeah my first love. Then the butter chicken stoner boy was the triplet. Then Joe, the one who tried to connect with me on LinkedIn and fucked my cousin after I left Scotland, was the other triplet. And then was like, sorry. And I was like, that's okay. And then we like would Did he face- message you on LinkedIn to say, sorry, I fucked your no, cousin? No, yeah, no, I found out. And I was like, what the fuck? And then he was like, oh, I'm sorry. And I was like, that's okay. And then we like kept like Skyping. Oh um, God. Yeah. And then he like said I was the one that got away. And I was like, thank God for that. Or I would be in like- in with, with like yeah. three kids. <laughs> <Stop>. <laughs> anyway, to this boy, Sean, for anyone from Hawke's Bay, Sean Blackwell, Sean and Dean, identical uh. twins. And they were just like quite cool when I was younger. I actually don't think I had a crush on them, but they were like the cool kids. They went to Havelock High and I went to Hastings Girls, which was just like far lamer. I don't think I cared about them then. But then at uni in Wellington, for some, I don't even know how this happened. But, yeah, it was, like, out of nowhere, Sean just had an, an eye for me. And I was like, I can't believe it. I'm a princess. I've never felt so. You know, like, the high school yes. the thing. That was me with this Hoyts guy. I was like, I'm literally Meghan Markle. I was, like, grinning like yes. her walking down the yes. altar whenever I came in with my little hat on. Yeah, but this was funny because I was like, I'm not even, like, attracted to this guy. But I just know, like, the high school clout and, like, how cool this makes me back in Hawke's Bay. Anyway, mm. so he was into me. He, he said I had a beautiful smile and I'll never forget it. And then, um, and it was pre-braces, Sean. Said, Wait till you see me now. Oh, my God. Um, He'd lose his mind. He, we dated for like a little bit and he didn't have a job, of course, because he was like this struggling musician. And then I got him a job at the bar I was working at as a kitchen hand. So like washing the dishes in the kitchen and I was a bartender. And then he like fully ghosted me, like literally just stopped replying to my texts. And then was I was working with him at this bar because I got him a job. And I was like, fucking hell, I'm such a simp. I'm like that white lotus Albie. Oh, my God. Boy. And then his new hot girlfriend kept coming in to visit him. And I had to serve her drinks. And I was like, I've oh, never stop. felt so upset in my entire life. That's tragic. Yeah, so similar happened to me got ghosted and then I was like hey like what's just what's going on and he was like come to my house I'll explain everything and then I went to his house and he'd put all my belongings that's right big, that's the one a big ziploc bag <laughs> I remember it like a sam like a big ziploc glad bag and I just his, carried like home borrowed and just, from his mom that he literally borrowed from his mom and I just walked home just crying and crying and it had my like la visa earrings in it <laughs> oh my god how much stuff could um, you have had at his house not that much. It was like a very sad assortment a bag, of a, a sad assortment of trinkets. So he said, and, "Come um, to my house. I'll explain everything." And you just found your shit outside. Did you? Did you knock, or did, were you too ashamed? I knocked, and then I was like, <laughs> um, "Where are you?" And he was like, "Oh, I don't think I'm going to be home for a while, so I put your stuff in the po- the post box." And that's where I found the dreaded Ziploc bag. Um, but he also dated someone. He'd met he'd met someone obviously when we were dating and then they dated for quite a while. I don't know. He'd met someone you know. obviously when we were dating. Yeah, because she. He, okay, wait. Yeah, she was. We very must cool move as well. on. Yeah, we must move on. After all of that, <laughs> we're going to get to question three, which is going to be really funny considering what you've just divulged about that hot, blonde hair, blue-eyed man. I know. Grace, are you engaged? <laughs> um, because I saw a pretty epic looking. Um, diamond ring on your finger in the um, in the merch pics and either I've been living under a rock and 
didn't realise or you laying low on this one? <laughs> she didn't even say anything in the end. I was waiting for her to say thanks. Bye. Um, <laughs> um, Grace. Yes. The news that I've been fucking accidentally <laughs> spilling all over the globe. <laughs> the rumours are true. I'm like Kiki Palmer being like, people have been saying I'm pregnant and I am on SNL. Um, oh, so exciting. Yes. The, we had a few. My obsession is, okay, so we had a few girlies notice, um, yes, I'm engaged. <laughs> Yay. To that boy? To, to yes, that boy I from the swamp. He put the ring in a Ziploc bag outside his house. And <laughs> Oh um, no! I'm engaged to Zach. Gorgeous, gorgeous Zach. Um, it's so funny because the, the pods accountant, the pods the accountant, pods political commentator, political correspondent, and accountant. I think it's so funny because I I haven't been going like out of my way to hide it, but I've just haven't shown anything about it. And the fact that a few people have messaged us because in the picture of me being Ben Affleck with the Dunkin' Donuts. You can see it. Is That was the ring reveal. That was my engagement announcement. <laughs> it's the most iconic thing in the world. No, because what's funny about it is, is yes, you can see it in the Dunkin' Donuts pics of Grace, like, falling around with Dunkin' Donuts. It's so funny. And all her AWD merch on. As one of, like, the most chic people I know, it's, it makes me laugh so much no. that that's how everyone found out you're engaged. Um, and then I also zoomed in on that and posted it on our – uh, on our Instagram stories and had a girl message immediately be like, oh, my God, is Grace engaged? And I was like, ah, and deleted it. And then because I was like, I don't know, she hasn't told anyone, and I deleted it. And then the girl was like, wait, did you just delete that? And I was like, look, Missy, look, Missy you shut up. Here's an, you, here's yeah. an NDA. <laughs> yes, <laughs> sending out MTAs. And I was like, fucking hell. And I was like, classic that, like, I would post you with Dunkin' Donuts and that's how the world would find out. I like but, it. Um, very special. You've been together for a long time. We've been together for eight and a half years. It happened back in August. And I feel um, obviously told like all our friends at the time, which was really lovely and special. But I didn't do, yeah, an engagement post. And it's, I don't feel, yeah. I don't feel like. Was there a thought behind that? I always just never, Zach was like, will you do one? And I was just like, no, no, no. Like I just never, it never never crossed my mind that I would but mm-hmm. I don't really know why I haven't really like interrogated it I think I have this like shyness or like aversion to something to do with pers- I don't know I I don't know what it is it, it, yeah I mean I know what you mean it's 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 a weird thing to just be like hey look at us we're so happy we're doing this thing like everyone celebrate which is I guess which is um funny because that's kind of what a wedding is yeah I think it's like I think what's strange about it is it I don't think I actually don't think it's braggy like I don't think when people are posting about it they're being braggy I think it's like it either feels natural to you or it doesn't and I think if it doesn't it feels manufactured posting it because it doesn't you're not having that natural feeling of like oh my god I just want to tell everyone that I haven't like remembered to tell person to person you know? Yeah. Whereas I think if that's the type of person you are, which a lot of people I know are, I think that's like really lovely. And I think as well, it's because I like Instagram feels so worky for me that then like, I don't know. I don't know. It's a silly thing to, it's a silly thing to overthink. 
but exactly i think it's i think it's very chic and to not it's been very nice to like go and see people and have dinner with people and then they're like oh my god and then you can just talk like it's kind of nice to do it in that way in a way yeah um and it's it's kind of funny how like there is this kind of disconnect i guess Social media is strange because it's just like I think if I posted the people that would maybe like be in the comments are not super aligned with who I would think to tell but that's not because the friendships aren't meaningful. It's just like a social media friendship is like a different thing to a person-to-person friendship but I think it is still meaningful. Totally. And I also think I know you're not even not doing it for this reason but I also just think that – um social media as we've talked about like a bazillion times is such a place we where people go to like get in a doom scroll of hell and and obviously people will be happy about your engagement but at the same time if you caught anyone on like an off day it's just like another yeah blow <laughs> yeah. i've just you know like if someone's just gone through a breakup or a heartbreak or, or what do you, i don't know it just feels like it does sometimes feel i mean i yeah I feel similar to you. Like I don't, I, other than work stuff to just to literally, because it gets us more work, work yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> is I, I feel a bit weird, like posting too much now about my like personal, I don't know, even just like posting. I haven't even posted anything from my sister's wedding. Cause I'm like, that was her day. But then at the same time you, you need to like, I need to figure out if she like wants that. I don't know. It's, it's yeah. Social media is a minefield. It's a minefield, and I think when we all got on social media, we all just like dove headfirst into like we'll share everything and post. You know what I mean? And I think now is the time where everyone's pulling back and being a bit like, oh, why? Like, why do we need a post? Like, why do we need to post where we are and that we're with our friends and doing things and and whatnot? Like, it's it's. I think it's just totally down to your personal feeling and your personal preference and what you're comfortable with and what feels like good and organic and like natural to you. When I post anything on Instagram, I feel sick immediately afterwards, (laughs) feeling like I've like overshared or over like, unless it's like my dumb shit, black and white pictures of (laughs) fucking Yoko Ono. (laughs) Like I'm like, yeah, I'm like anything else. It it makes me feel like sick and anxious and nervous and weird. So I just, yeah, that's why, but it is very exciting. I think also I'm not. So exciting. I know. It's really nice. I think because we've been together for so long, marriage and this stuff just feels like a, a formality. You know what I mean? So it's a very nice, beautiful thing to like celebrate with you and like talk to a family and all of those things. Um, but this idea of it being like a huge achievement or landmark or something like that, that just, I, that's not how it feels to me. <laughs> yes. And you're, you're also like the kind we've talked about it a lot on the pod where you're the kind of person and I'm, I'm similar where it's like, we can see the, the, the cool sides about, I don't know, having a wedding and getting married and having all your friends and family together and obviously a chic dress, yes. et cetera. Um, <laughs> but at the same time, it like is, does feel like kind of a, it's there's bizarre. that thing of it feeling strange and random. Like, I don't know. I said the other day I said to you, <laughs> I, I said to Grace, I was like, I was just like, oh my God, like being a bridesmaid at Nahiwi's wedding was just like, I've never been a bridesmaid before. So it's like very jokes that my first one was a 21 year old, my 21 year old younger sister's wedding. <laughs> what a way to make you feel like a fucking <laughs> failure. And um, I was like, I was just like, oh my God, being a bridesmaid is crazy. Like I was like, it's just so random that you are dressed in a dress that you wouldn't wear. Your hair, my hair was half up, half down curls. Um, in a pink dress with like these pink heels on and I was just like 
it's so insane that we do that. Um, I, and I was like, I would never put anyone through that. And then I was like, but I would happily be, apart from you, I'd happily be <laughs> your bridesmaid. Like, you can rest assured. I'm not, I don't think I will do bridesmaids or anything like that. Is Fades a planner? Does she love to plan? Otherwise, I'll just be your like, your help, your helper. Because that basically, I feel like part of it, part of the reason people do that is because they need help planning. Yeah, exactly. I love to plan. I think like I'm the. I think the problem is I'm very like bad at those logistical things. And as the woman, you kind of naturally fall into being the person that's meant to lead the charge on this stuff so we're now like several months into being engaged and have done nothing in regards to planning a wedding because I think yeah yeah but um we will I think also my I think what's nice actually just on this topic is my instinct is always like don't have a birthday don't celebrate things let's just go to town hall and just surprise people and like elope or whatever and I think talking to my family and you and Zach and like just talking about this idea of there are very few times in your life to really make the point of celebrating something and sometimes not doing it is coming from a place of like fear rather than you know Mm -hmm. what I mean like you think it's just like whatever I don't care but sometimes you're like maybe scared to (laughs) allow people to celebrate you or something like I'm so terrified by the prospect of like everyone looking at me and everyone having to travel to a distance for me and I like I feel this almost guilt about it it's strange no I think that's 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 such a nice way to look at it because yeah exactly like everyone loves you everyone wants to celebrate you like it's such a nice opportunity there's a reason people fucking love weddings there's a reason that like yeah some of my best times have been at my friend's weddings because it's like such a lovely occasion to be it's just so nice to be somewhere for like something so positive and sweet and exactly. Pea-brain. I know I love other people's weddings, and I think it's it is true. Like I can be very cynical, but I just think what is what is there to celebrate if not love? Like meeting someone that you, I think like meeting someone that you love so much that you want to commit to being with them forever because you you truly believe that that you will never find someone that you're like better suited to is amazing and is a thing that is like there is nothing else in life that's a better thing to get together and like party and celebrate I think there's just such a like wedding industrial complex where it's become so performative and crazy and over the top and like status signaling and like class symbol-y that I think that puts people off but I think if you can just keep it to the core of why it's lovely. Exactly like Nahiwi and Molly. I know. That's like what you said. Her attitude is so perfect. Like, oh, I probably don't love my dress. I probably, but like, who cares? It's not why I'm here. That will not be me, I can tell you. <laughs> <laughs> me the night before. I don't really like my dress, but I'm I'm fine with it. <laughs> I'd be like, but who cares? <laughs> um, okay, we have to wrap up, but Merry Christmas, girlies. Merry Christmas. We love you. We love you. you so much. Seriously. Thank you for letting us do this as our part of our jobs, supplementing our shitty journalism incomes. We forever appreciate and love you. Um, have a beautiful Christmas. Um, what else? <laughs> yeah, that's beautiful, Izzy. That's exactly right. Spot on. We love you <laughs> Hope all Hope everyone so much. who gets AWD merch for Christmas loves it. Hope it arrived. Yes. <laughs> Love you. I hope it was under the tree and hope it arrived. <laughs> Bye. Blame the strikers. Bye.
ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.